0: oh man, am I excited or am I excited? Because recurring income is where it's at. I believe this is one of the most important events we have ever run. And the reason I believe that is now more than ever, I believe you need recurring income. It's funny because I was having my therapy session two days ago and my therapist said, you never give yourself any credit for what you've done. And did your dad give you credit for what you did? And I was like, only when I did really well. And and she said to me that I'm always looking to get better and do more and get more credit. And I don't recognize it when I get it. And I think that's an entrepreneurial trait. And so one of the things our company has done over the last 15 years has become the biggest training provider in the UK. And of course now we are a global training business. And in the last 15 years of doing events for hundreds of thousands of people, I have never seen a time where having assets that produce recurring income are more vital, more vital. Like imagine you have a job and then there's the pandemic and then you're locked down for a year and you can't earn, and you have $20,000 or £20,000 in savings, that money's going to run out. That money is gone. And then there's nothing. But imagine if you had assets that produced £5,000 or dollars a month in recurring income. Then actually, you're going to get paid £60,000 or dollars over the year instead of eroding your cash, and your assets are going to still be there. What if you may get made redundant, you get fired, your company goes bust, there's a lockdown 17.0. All of these things are very real now. So if you don't have recurring income, you are at risk. A lot of people think you need money to invest in assets. Of course, there's nothing wrong with money, but you don't necessarily need money. Um, There are 13 digital assets nfts cryptos domain names websites social media channels subscription sites like patreon only fans kajabi the list goes on you don't need money for any of those you do not need money for any of those so the first thing i want to get out of your head money you know men in black just forgot about that that is you need cash flow or capital to invest in assets it helps of course money always helps but you don't need it and we won't necessarily focus on that now Do you need cash or capital to invest in yourself? Of course. Um, And could you leverage some good debt to invest in yourself to get the knowledge to create the income? Yes. I actually believe it's knowledge that creates recurring income more than it is assets that create recurring income. Why? Because knowledge creates assets. And also your personal brand is your knowledge shared on social media. uh, And... It's not necessarily bricks and mortar. Uh, Joe Rogan sold his podcast for hundred million dollars. Belle Delphine sold her dirty bath water for millions of dollars. Mr. Beast plays pranks and games and competitions and makes tens of millions of dollars a year. Ryan, the little kid as Ryan Toys review made $27 million in 2019. No bricks, no mortar, no planning consultants, no tenants, no boilers, just using digital assets. It's freaking exciting times. As you can see, I'm excited. I didn't even use my stool. Dylan stands up. I'm going to stand up too. That's how we roll. Right, I want to get into it though. So first thing I'm going to do is share with you a new model that we've created. So I believe that recurring income comes from four main categories. And I believe there are 18 different individual assets that you can invest in time or resources or creativity or innovation as well as money so we created this sexy new model let's see if i can get the slides to work so i believe the first of four p's in building assets is the personal asset so you as the asset yes you so what is a personal brand asset an nft a crypto that someone creates Your domain names, your websites, your SEO, your social media channels, your followers, your fans, your premium subscriptions, your Patreon, your supporters, your stars, any assets you have online, your podcast revenue, the ad revenue and the premium on YouTube. The list goes on. And of course, like I said, there's people who do OnlyFans and people who do um, NFT launches on Clubhouse, your Clubhouse following. This is all your personal brand and it's all interlinking more powerfully than ever before i'm going to come back to that because i want to share with you the model first i'm quite proud of this um so your personal brand click click is digital real estate and any content you create so um this talk here now we could record this it could be uploaded to the money podcast it could be uploaded to the um, disruptive entrepreneur podcast it could be uploaded on youtube as a piece of content. We could take individual cuts of it and put it on TikTok and Instagram stories and LinkedIn stories and Facebook stories. So this piece of content can become an asset of my personal brand and be digital and generate reach and revenue, impact and income. Audiobooks, you can see on the slides. Well, I, um, I wrote Life Leverage seven years ago, published it six years ago, and I just got a contract extent, a contract extension for another five-year deal in Chinese. So I wrote that book seven years ago, and I'm still getting recurring income, uh, and I'll get 8% of physical books and 25% of digital books that are sold in China for my book, Life Leverage, for the next five years. I wrote that book seven years ago. You're not making any money out of a job you did seven years ago. So you need assets. A book is an asset. An audio book is an asset. A podcast episode is an asset. Your content is an asset, as well as this digital real estate like domain names and NFTs and cryptocurrencies and all that. It's Freaking exciting times. Like if you think about real estate, it's thousands of years old. If you think about insurance as an industry, it's hundreds or thousands of years old. The internet is only 30 years old. Therefore, digital real estate is only 20 odd years old. So it's so new. Very exciting. Okay, great. Um, Next, then, is product. So the first P is personal. The second P is product. So you could have an e-com site or channel. You could have your own product that you sell on your social media. Someone could be an affiliate of your products and services. So anything that you create that's not a service but a product could be an asset, especially if it's stored digitally and then created on demand. So, for example, my books, you could argue a product. So I don't know if we've got any copies of them, um, but my book money is a, a physical product. But it's actually a digital asset online print on demand by Amazon. So let's say Dylan goes and buys 10 copies or you go, or go and buy a copy of my book money. Then the digital asset becomes a physical product and then I sell it to you. Or you could have a special recipe or some intellectual property of a, a supplement or something like that. And um, you could ha- have the white labelled version. Then I put my brand on it and then I can sell it on my e com sites. And you've got Amazon and Etsy and Shopify, etc. So you can actually see how the P in the personal brand links to the P and the products, hence why we've designed the arrow that goes in from the personal to the products, because they're all linked. What do you think of the visual model so far? Not me, the visual model. I mean, I know I'm a Greek statue. I'm talking about our visual model. I'm pointing there because I can see my slides. You just have to look at the screen. All right, then the next, oh, I haven't finished them. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here. Books is a physical product. Anything on e is a physical product. Now, look, I haven't talked about shops and retail, because I don't think that's the future. It's not dead yet, but I don't think that's the future. Uh, And uh, you can be an affiliate for someone else's products or you can have affiliates selling your products for leverage. Okay, then the next P is physical assets. So you've got real estate, you've got stocks, you've got precious metals, you've got watches, you've got art, you've got classic cars. So physical assets is old school. Now, it's not dead. uh, And actually, watches have gone crazy. Classic cars have gone crazy. A lot of physical assets have gone crazy. Real estate's gone up a lot. Gold or precious metals, a franchise, a physical business, property, you know, real estate, buying companies. So a friend of mine buys companies often low and no money down. uh, And um, that's something I think that, hmm, I cannot tell you when the market's going to crash. I'd love to be able to tell you that. I can't tell you that. But there are definitely a lot of distressed businesses out there. I think we all know that. So buying companies, lowering no money down, buying distressed businesses. It's a physical asset. Oh, we've got more books. Life Leverage. So Life Leverage was my first business related book. All right. I've also got Routine Equals Results. So um, the reason I, thanks Dylan for getting these. I've also got some of my property books, multi-streams, multiple streams of property income and cash in a property crash. The reason I'm showing you these is I wrote that in 2008. I wrote that in 2009. I wrote that in 2015. I wrote that in 2017, 2019, done. And you know, I sell hundreds of thousands of books a year and get the recurring income through these. Now, you could say that's a physical product, so you could say that's number two. But it's also personal brand number one because it's my content. And as my content grows and my following grows, what happens to the sales of these? They go up and up and up. So I like to invest my time to create an asset. And then earn on that asset forever. So like I've been on that asset for seven years, that asset for 12 years, that asset for 11, 13 years, that asset for four years, that asset for three years, but Napoleon Hill has been earning on Think and Grow Rich for 100 years. So um, products are great as long as you get the ongoing recurring income once you've created the product and as your personal brand grows, you can sell more products and sell more of your digital real estate. OK, right. And then number four is passive income strategy. So you can see here, there we've got a nice infinity sign. Look, I believe in recurring over passive. What's the difference between recurring and passive? Well, I'm going to tell you the five differences between recurring and passive income because I've got a piece of content on it. So stay for that. But passive or recurring income is the income you get from assets that you no longer have to exchange your time for. So I don't have to do anything to get my sales of that book. I could promote it on my socials, which would make it active, but I'll get the recurring income from that. I'll get the recurring income from that. So that's a passive recurring income from my books and my audio books, et cetera. Now, um, It depends where you're at in your life and what you want from your life. Maybe you want an easy life. Maybe you want a big life. Um, For me, I'm going to tell you why I like recurring more than passive income. Um, You might like passive more than recurring. In fact, this will be a good gauge. In the comments, um, let me know if you are a full part-time, full-time or big-time entrepreneur. Are you part-time, full-time or big-time? Put it in the comments. So part-time means you want the laptop, the lifestyle, some assets, fairly low overhead, not too much responsibility, maybe a VA, not too many staff. And you want that lifestyle, travelling kind of, um, not working too many hours business. That's possible, but it takes a bit longer and it's a bit of a different setup. That's part-time. Full-time is you're an entrepreneur. Big-time is you're an empire builder. So are you part-time, full-time or big-time? And are you lifestyle, entrepreneur or empire builder? This is important to know, because when you know which one you are, you can pick the strategies that are right for you that we're gonna share with you at the Recurring Income Summit. Thank you for being here, by the way. I think you're awesome. Thanks to the amazing team, Dylan and Abby and Callum and everyone involved in making this event happen. Boom. All right then, so there's the model. Now, passive is information. So the books are information, the content I do on Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn and Instagram and my lives is all information. My courses are information. We will probably do 200 grand in revenue over in our training suite this weekend, maybe more from information I created years ago. So information is great because once you've created the information, then you get the recurring income or the passive income from the information. Investing in stocks, The income is passive because you're not running the company that you've invested in. And royalty income. I wish I'd have written Slade's Christmas number one. It's Christmas because they earn half a million pound a year. And they have done since the 1970s off the back of that song that they wrote. What's that? What's 75? That's nearly 40 years ago. So you get royalty on assets you created before songs, music. But NFTs now have royalties. You know, you can have an NFT, which is a piece of art. And then there's the the actual original. And then when copies are sold, the original creator, the artist, can get royalty income. So royalty isn't just for singers and musicians. And then subscriptions. I love subscription model. So OnlyFans, Patreon, Kajabi, Netflix. Do you know now Volvo have a subscription service where you can drive cars on subscription rather than spending 50 grand on the car of it. You can get your food now on subscription, just at, what is it HelloFresh and all those companies that they deliver your food weekly to you on a subscription model. Of course, everyone now know it's standard that your gym is on subscription, but pretty much now many products and services you have to buy big capital value, driving cars, eating food. Now it's on subscription. So it reduces your capital input and it increases your convenience. If you have personal assets and product assets and physical assets and passive assets, you have multiple streams of income and vast and sustainable and scalable profit. MSOPI is multiple streams of income. And of course, profit speaks for itself. So um, I believe that passive income only exists when you've got active income first. So for you to have information and IP, i.e. knowledge. So Dylan's got loads of knowledge on launching and selling webinars. He's got loads of knowledge in the health and spirituality space. He's got loads of knowledge in trade, trading and Forex and cryptos and all those kind of space. But that's taken him years to build that, years and years and years. And in the early days of that, he'd been quite active, you know, learning it and investing and overcoming challenges and doing public speeches on it and sometimes getting paid and sometimes not. So you have to work hard enough not to have to work hard and you have to set to forget. You wouldn't plant an acorn, go off for a day, come back the next day and go, well, where's my fucking tree? I got fucked. I got scammed. Where's my fucking tree? No, of course you wouldn't because an acorn will grow into a tree that the speed that it grows. If it has more sun, it will speed it up a bit. If it has fertile soil, it'll speed it up a bit, but that tree will never grow quicker than you can make the tree grow. There's too much impatience. There's too much short-term thinking. There's too much get-rich-quick. There's too much unrealistic expectation in the world to add to this overwhelm in the world. And we're here to help you with that. This is not. None of this is get-rich-quick. This is get-rich-long. This is get-rich-for-decades. This is not overnight get-rich-quick. This is not schemes and scams. This is real stuff that works. So active first, then passive. You buy the property under market value. You do the property up. You get a 10 in. And that's the active part. And then the passive part is the rental income. You build a social media following. That's the active part. And then the ads and the sponsorships and the the monetization tools all roll in afterwards. So that's rule number one of the difference between passive and recurring income. Recurring keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. Residual, recurring and relentless. Level one is residual, level two is recurring, level three is relentless. When you have multiple streams of recurring income, it is relentless, you literally can't spend it quick enough and that's where we're gonna get you. Okay, number two then, difference between passive and recurring income is that passive can be kind of one-off, you can get a one-off here. Whereas recurring is ongoing, residual, relentless and forever. I will earn on that book for the next 50 years. It is written in an evergreen manner. This will not go out of date. That's how I wrote it. I'm going to earn on that for 50 years. That is recurring and powerful. This one as well. These ones will need an update every five years. This one will need an update every five to 10 years. Just, you know, 20% update. So you want to think long term. Build assets that are going to last a long time. That's why I love real estate. Mark and I have almost finished 100 unit, 159 tenant. 125,000 square foot development. It'll pay us um, more than half a million a year in income. It'll be worth about 19 million, but that's a realistic valuation. I'm talking pounds, not dollars. So you can add the the exchange rate onto that. So let's say it's 20 million today. It's 40 million in 10 years. It's 80 million in 20, 20 years. It's 160 million in 30 years. It's 320 million in 40 years. In 40 years, I'll be 82. That's not bad for something that we would have built 43 years ago. So when you get into assets, make sure you get into assets that are going to last a long time. Don't write a book on interest rates because every time the Bank of England get together, that changes. This is an important thing I learned. When I used to write um, books back in the day, I used to make them really specific and technical. And I thought I was being so clever because they're so accurate and specific and technical. And then three months months later, I look like an idiot because the numbers are wrong. And they weren't wrong three months ago but they are wrong now. So think about longevity and the evergreen nature. And that's residual. That's the power of residual income or uh, as we call it here, um, recurring income. Okay. sometimes when people think passive income, they're like, peel me grapes, motherfucker, you know, fan me, massage me, fake tan me, moisturise me and give me my millions. And they have this unrealistic expectation of what it takes like to make money. Look, I do have a lot of passive income streams, but I'm not work shy. Dylan's not work shy. You shouldn't be work shy. You shouldn't be here because, you know, you expect us to peel you grapes and you'll be a millionaire tomorrow evening. That's not how it works. If you work hard enough, then one day you won't have to work hard. If you set, then one day you'll be able to forget. But I just want to make that clear because there are schemes and scams and nonsense and bullshit out there and we do not do any of that shit. I'd rather the works a bit harder up front for the big payoff later then, oh, easier up front, but no big payoff later. Number four difference between passive income and recurring income is passive almost assumes quiet, steady, not really like it wants to grow and dominate. But recurring income wants to grow, wants to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'm always reinvesting my time and my money back into assets so I could create more recurring income. Mark and I talked on the phone last night because we had some good news about our latest property development. And Mark said that one property is our entire pension for the rest of our lives. That's pretty fucking powerful to own one property that can pay the pension and the retirement of two multimillionaires. That's a four year project. And there were some challenges along the way, believe me. Um, So I'm thinking longer term, bigger, and I'll go through bigger challenges to get there. So recurring wants to be active. It wants to grow. It's relentless. And then the fifth thing is passive can be unrealistic and get rich quicky and bullshitty and flighty and scammy. Recurring is real. It is very real. OK, great. So next bit then is the rules to set up recurring income. Right. Rule number one of setting up recurring income is you need to know all the asset classes out there for you to be able to choose the right ones for you. Because how can you know what's right for you if you don't know what's out there? So rule number one of setting up recurring income from assets is knowing all the available assets to you. So then you can pick. That's rule number one. Rule number two is I recommend you start with three, not 13 and not one, because you're going to get 18 plus some digital assets. And that's exciting. Yes. And you're definitely going to learn a load but that has the potential to be overwhelming and that's not our goal. So you're going to learn many. And then at the end of the two days, you're going to pick three to start with. Now you might pick five and do three in year one and two in year two, or you might be doing some already so you can improve them. So you can pick three new ones. And here's why it's three. So I wrote in the, actually I, first of all, in 2008, Stroke nine, when I wrote multiple streams of property income, I wrote about the 70 2010 time division model. Because back then there was quite a lot of property strategies. There's commercial conversion, there's buy to hold, there's buy to sell, there's HMO, there's rent to rent, there's lease options, installment contracts, there's commercial to hold, there's commercial conversion, yada, yada, yada. And so what happened was we were teaching lots of people in property to build a property portfolio, multiple streams of property income. And then after a year or two, people are like, I'm so confused, Rob. Should I do commercial property? Should I do buy to let? Should I flip properties? And then with the money that I flipped by, should I deal do deal packaging and deal sourcing? Should I do rent to rent? And people were starting to get overwhelmed. So I thought I can help them with this. And the way that you remove overwhelm is by pick three strategies and follow my 70-20-10 implementation model. So 70-20-10 is where 70% of your time, you focus on your main business or asset. 20% of the time, you focus on your secondary business or asset. And then 10% of your time, you focus on your third or all the rest. So people always say to me things like, Rob, are you getting into cryptos? And have you got an NFT? And are you buying domain names? Because they see I'm an entrepreneur and I'm out there and they would assume I'd have all of those. Well, NFTs and cryptos and domain names and yada yada that's all in my 10%. So am I doing it? Yeah. Am I doing it 70 or 80 or even 90% of my time? No, I'm doing it 10% of my time. Why 10% of my time? Because it's future and it's not something I'm expert in. And if I divided my time, oh, I'm going to do 10% NFTs, 10% cryptos, 10% on a Patreon, 10% on Instagram, 10% on Facebook, 10% on my podcast, 10%. You just spread completely thin all over the place. How are you ever going to get anywhere? You're not. So the future stuff, the new stuff, the stuff that you're learning, the stuff that you're excited and interested in but isn't of the moment, of the now, that should all go in your 10%, which means five hours a week or evenings and weekends. Now, your 70% should be your main thing. So it might be your training business. It might be, you know, building your crypto portfolio and the mining that you do. It might be building your personal brand and all the digital assets around it. So whichever one you choose at the end of this recurring income summit, one of them, you're going to make your main thing. Now, you might already have a main thing, because, for example, let's say you've got a full time job. That's got to be your 70. And so then 20 might be your personal brand and 10 might be your um, cryptos. Or your e-com, you know, for for all the e-com selling you do. Now, some people do do two things in their 70. I'd say that's fine, but no more. And then 20 is your secondary things. So for me, over the last year, I've spent 70% of my time building my personal brand and my digital assets. I've spent 20% of my time on my training-related income streams and information, my book writing, my podcast, my training company, and then 10% of time on everything else. Now, as you build time in, so you have one, three, five, 10 years experience, what you can do is you can systemize them. So let's say that 70 is your personal brand and digital assets. Let's say 20 is real estate. And let's say 10 is cryptos, NFTs, stock market something like that. What you would do over time, you would systemize your main business. How would you do that? Will you um, get an agency to do content repurposing? You get a brand manager to manage all of your speaking gigs and podcast opportunities and liaising with Facebook about your supporter and your star revenue, which is what I have. And so then what happens is this 70 becomes systemized. And then your 20 real estate can become your new 70. Your 10 can become your new 20. And now you can bring new things into your 10. So what have we got here? You could start, for example, ecom, And you could maybe create a franchise, for example. And you might be six months to two years in. And then another six months to two years in, Your new 70, which is real estate, that also becomes systemized. You get a letting agent and it's managed and you have a a full-time refurb manager who does all the refurbs and that's systemized. And then your new 20, which is cryptos, NFTs and stock market, becomes your new 70. Your old 10 e-common franchise becomes your new 20. And then something else comes in as your new 10. And that might be, you might do physical, like you might do precious metals because you've got some capital. You might do watches, whatever. So this might be, um, that might be year one. That might be year two. That might be year three. He hasn't gone and got a green pen. I don't need a green pen. I'm just being a diva. Yeah, he's never going to find a green pen. When he comes back, I'm going to ask him to go and get a yellow pen. Um, so... Year one, that's your 70 2010. Year two, that, that, and that year 70 2010. And then year three, that, that, and that year 70 2010. And these are just kicking out recurring income. Boom. Okay, great. Right, next rule then. Next rule of creating, setting up, scaling recurring income. You must set to forget and you must work hard enough not to work hard. You must scale and systemize and automate. Scale, systemize, automate. Write that down. Scale, systemize, automate. So, for example, with real estate, that can be very active until you've got properties with tenants that have had a refurb. The tenants are managed by your letting agency. You have a refurb manager who does all the maintenance. That's when it becomes systemized. Your personal brand, that becomes systemized when you've got editors and videographers and brand managers and agents. Some are actually more systemizable. Like stock market, that's very systemized. NFT, you've got to do some work to create that. But once it's done, then it's systemized. So you set it first. And I'm quite prepared to do the frickin' work to get the thing systemized. Because the better the work and the more you systemize it, the more it kicks out recurring income for many years to come. Like these that chuck out income seven, 10 plus years. So you must set to forget and work hard enough not to work hard. hard. Let me say that again, you must set to forget and work hard enough not to have to work hard. And that's the difference between recurring income and scammy passive income. Okay, Um, and then number five is you create a cookie cutter process. So once you've systemized one asset, you've actually got more knowledge and education experience on how to systemize an asset. So then you can carry that forward into systemizing the next asset and carry that forward into systemizing the next asset. You've got um, standards of performance, SOPs. You've got manuals. You've got documents and processes and automation and software, which helps with the systemization of the asset so that when you get into your new asset, it takes less time to systemize it and get the ongoing recurring income. Boom. That's it. Bow chicka bow.